Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Tell me, if it's an absolute disaster, it doesn't have to go out into the world, does it? Uh, not if you don't want it, but I would always encourage people to put it out. We're, we're, we're about to be vulnerable here. Oh, Jen, you know. Podcast is a very vulnerable thing for me. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fat. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Hey, yeah. good evening. How are we? It is the Keith Walsh Podcast. Two podcasts in one week. Yeah, we're back at it, folks. Well, this is the, tell you what, this is the week of the 100th podcast, so I thought we'd stick an extra podcast out. It is uh, the 25th of May, 2021, as I record this. It's... Uh, 20 to 10, still bright out, um, we kind of had a nice evening, and it got a bit dark and cloudy then, but uh, just got out for a walk there for an hour with the missus, and it only spat rain a little bit on us, um, so that's good, that's the news, that's the all caught up, um, okay, let's crack on with the podcast, I don't need to do a rambly intro for this, um, yeah, so I, I thought I'd considered doing this podcast or putting it out as the 100th episode but the 100th episode has gone out with me and my friend Mike but the reason I considered putting this one out as the 100th episode it's now the 100th 101th 101st episode uh, is because it deals with um, vulnerability which is a word that I first heard in therapy my therapist Luke um, mentioned it explained it to me brought me through the idea of uh, what it is, what it means, and uh, it was hugely um, beneficial to me, obviously, but it was a huge, I the one thing I keep saying it was, is it was the key that unlocked everything, that idea of vulnerability. It's kind of a simple thing, really, but difficult, uh, simple thing, simple concept. It was difficult for me to sort of get my head around initially. Uh, but but it's a simple concept, but also it's quite fraught with um, difficulties as well in understanding exactly what it is. And um, I kind of had, you know, spent a year, year and a half kind of working through what it was, what it is and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, you know, f- a few months ago or a few weeks ago or whatever, I kind of had to think about it. I was going, this is the this is the thing. And I got in touch with uh, a young lady called Jen Martin, who I first 
uh, encountered, is that the right word? First met kind of online when I did, I did an Instagram post where I started talking about going to therapy. And the reason I did the post was actually, it was kind of part of me uh, trying to figure out, um, I suppose to be vulnerable and to be honest. And, you know, uh, and I was, um, I was, I did the, I did the post live and the reason I did it was because I was I was due to give a talk the next day or the day after and I wanted to prepare a, a bit of a talk or a speech and I thought the best way for me to do it because I was sitting down to try and write and I couldn't I said look if I speak this into a camera and it's live I just have to go for it and that's what I did but anyway uh, shortly afterwards Jen Martin wrote um, a piece on it and I suppose she was looking at it from her point of view uh from uh, she's a psychological coach and she's done a lot of training and she would sort of specialise in the area of uh, vulnerability so she was looking at and she was able to explain kind of what was going on and what she admired about it and what was good about it and all that kind of stuff so I was like oh that's cool and I had to read about that and we've kind of stayed in touch ever since and um, I got in touch with her a while ago and I was like this we should we should do something on this so I'm not really sure what we're going to do maybe a a, a, maybe a course or a book or something. Anyway, we're we're in discussions. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll definitely do something. But anyway, in the course of our discussions, I said well, we should do a podcast on it because I think the word vulnerability and the whole idea of vulnerability is kind of it's it's out in the it's out there in the ether, and uh, people are talking about it, people are thinking about it, people are wondering about it. Uh, there's books out there by the likes of Brené Brown. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I hope I got her name right. And, uh, yeah, people are reading about it and um, there's lots of other people. You'll hear in in the chat us talking about it. Anyway, this, what I said to Jen was, look, we'll come on and we'll do a chat about vulnerability. I'll tell you about what I think it means to me and you can use your expertise to, you know, agree or disagree or, you know, put the, put the science onto what I'm talking about. That's it. I don't really need to explain anymore, I hope. Um, so Jen Martin is she is a psychological coach and trainer, and she has letters after her name L L B M A A P P C P. I don't know what they mean, but th- that's her qualifications. Um, she has written down in her. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, Instagram at Jen Martin Coach. Uh, vulnerability, psychological safety and inclusion, communication, culture and connection, uh, books and dog lover, as well to boot. So uh, she's a a sound person and uh, we've had some really great chats about the whole idea of um, of vulnerability and what it means. And yeah, the reason I wanted to talk about it, just sort of to, even though I said this wasn't going to be a rambly intro, was because I feel that the idea and the word vulnerability unlocked so much for me. And I think that people could be struggling with lots of things like um, you know, I can't, I can't get, I don't get the whole mindfulness thing. I can't meditate. I can't do yoga. I can't sit still. I can't, you know, and all these things are things you might beat yourself up over. Um, and I would have before. I was like, well, I can't relax. I can't. I'm stressed and blah, 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 blah. And I think therapy helped. And a big part of therapy for me was understanding what it meant to be vulnerable. So we try and explain it. And hopefully it'll um, make sense to you. Uh, maybe it'll help you figure out um, 
you know, where you need to go and how you can um, sort of uh, make that leap and use the idea of vulnerability. Uh, plenty of books out there as well, but use the idea of vulnerability. And maybe if you were interested in, uh, you know, going to some therapy or whatever, that, that, that I would say that that could be something that could unlock a whole world of possibilities for you. Uh, I said I wasn't, I, be, I wasn't going to be rambling, but I did. That's it, Aaron. It's episode uh, 101 of the Keith Watch podcast. And uh, this one is called Vulnerability. Enjoy. Jen Martin, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, could you just explain to the listeners um, what it is you do? Absolutely. Yeah. Is that, is that the best way of putting that? That's, that's the best way I can put that question. What do you do, Jen? What do I do? I think I do lots of things, but I suppose in a nutshell, I'm a psychological coach um, and my work takes different forms. But really, I, I, I coach, I facilitate, I train and all of the different aspects of my work boils down to vulnerability. So that's really the specialist area that I work in um, and conduct research in that area as well. Um, so, so, yeah, vulnerability is, is the specialist area um, and that takes different forms. A lot of coaching. Um, I know I was talking to you earlier and you, you mentioned uh, having a phone call with somebody very important. What would you be doing with somebody who is high up in a business? Uh, what would you be helping them with? Like, say, okay. for instance, I'm the CEO of a very important company and we have we're having a session now. What are you, what are you helping me with? OK, so generally and I'll speak very generally, the type of clients that I work with fall into two categories. And um, this might be a little bit unexpected, but. I work a lot with non-native speakers, um, a lot of non-native leaders of organizations, um, and I help them and coach them with their communication. Um, as you can imagine, leading a company, speaking, addressing, doing press, um, doing all of the things that, in, that is involved in, in leading a company, it's really vulnerable to do in another language. Like if I asked you to do this podcast now in German, like, it's it's such a huge leap, especially when. Ich habe keine Deutsch. <laughs> don't ask me to do it in another language either. But um, so so yeah, so that's the first type of of teaching, training, coaching that I do with non-native English speaking. A lot of leaders, um, and then the second type is really similar type of coaching, but with native speakers. So it could be with with um, a client here here in Ireland who needs to optimize their performance or um but but not just optimize performance it could also be wanting more from themselves um from their life so yeah so two different types of categories whether I'm working with a non-native speaker or a native the work can be very very different but I think I suppose the common denominator is is vulnerability it's doing work that feels vulnerable so somebody might get in touch with you and say, look, I'm struggling to communicate to my staff. Um, say, for instance, a, a, a native speaker, well, you know, an Irish, yeah, yeah. A, an Irish man in charge of an Irish company. I'm finding it hard to communicate what I want to my staff or to get the best out of them. Or I feel like there's something, you know, we can do better. Um, mm. And also I'm feeling like I'm not in the right headspace to... Mm 
be doing the job I'm doing. So is it all wrapped up in, you know, you do, you have a little chat about how the, how the personal life is, and then that will feed into how the work life is. Is that is that kind of how it works? A hundred percent. So whether it's an individual coming to me or whether it's an organization who comes to me for a member of their staff, um, at the end of the day, it's the human. It, it, you know, it's the person behind their job, the person behind their role, their their title, it's who they are and their own struggles and their 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 own challenges. So yeah, you're spot on. I would always imagine these big, you know, these CEOs, you know, strutting around the place, you know, giving out orders. You there, work harder. You there, make more sales. So you know, it's hard to imagine these guys as as being vulnerable and uh, and feeling under pressure and feeling like and you know imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I imagine it's it's. I'd imagine they're just, I'd imagine they're human like the rest of us. That's the thing. Like, but th- that's just it. Like vulnerability is what we all have in common. Like that's what we all share. Um, and it's interesting that we perceive it that way, that we look at other people and we say, well, they have it together. Um, but that's our outside perception of them and, and what, they, what they're showing to the world. So yeah, absolutely. And sometimes what I hear from clients is positions of leadership can be lonelier places because the further up the organization you go, who do you share that with? Or who can relate to a challenge which might be unique to you, the higher up your organization. Like if you're the CEO of a multinational and you're facing a challenge that, yes, maybe other members of your senior leadership team might be facing, but at the end of the day, the book stops with you. So there's like, you'd be surprised maybe to hear that that loneliness might be a team that comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting now that you perceive it in that way. And also, you know, uh, no one to hang out with in the canteen because no one will talk to you. Everyone talks, <laughs> everyone talks to you differently. Everyone like, you know, tips, be nice to you. tips yeah. their cap and they're like, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, exactly. Yes, boss. Straight away, boss. And nobody talks to you like properly or, you know, everybody has an agenda, I suppose, when they're talking to the boss, don't they? I mean, yeah, everybody has an agenda anyway. They're on their best behavior, maybe. Um, mm. And I, and you've mentioned the word vulnerable uh, a couple of times there, but I mm. first uh, encountered your, your good self uh, when I did an, uh, um, an Instagram live chat and I put it up I, I recorded that and put it up and I think you saw it and you wrote an article about uh what I had said and that's kind of the first time we made contact and um mm. I think the reason I wanted to chat to you today was because we've been talking subsequently and mm. about other things and possibilities right you know in this field of Mm. Uh, and, and for anybody listening, you'll hear this word vulnerable and, and the word vulnerability <laughs> quite, quite a lot during this chat. But this is something that I want to talk to you about and drill down into and and, and figure out because um, I have since kind of decided, rightly or wrongly, that the thing that kind of, you know, the key that unlocked everything for me was that that idea of being vulnerable and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and allowing yourself to admit to other people when mm. you're struggling, when you've made a mistake, when you don't know what you're doing, uh, you know. Um, and mm. I, yeah, and I think that this, I think that people struggle with 
like we're living in an era now where there's a lot of talk of, of uh, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, mm. uh, even even gym work, uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, even walking, uh, reading for some people. But all that kind of stuff requires a certain state of mind that mm. some people can't actually uh, uh, grasp or get to or just they're not in that place. And I mm. think, rightly or wrongly, that understanding uh the word vulnerability and what it means and how to be vulnerable will unlock all of those things. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, because I've had people on talking about mindfulness, uh, I've had people on who've brought out books on mindfulness and meditation, mm. and you might be listening going, well, I just can't, you know, I've tried sitting down for 10 minutes. I can't sit still for five minutes. Mm. This, I think this could be very important uh, for you because as I said, for me, I was like you until I understand what vulnerability meant. Mm. I spoke to my uh, therapist about vulnerability and he was kind of saying, you need to allow yourself to be vulnerable. This is important. I, mm. it, it took me a while to get it. And then I think it was when I made that video, that I was like, well, this is me. This is the first step towards vulnerability when I just say, look, I've been to see a therapist I'm struggling with these things and working on them, whatever. And it was quite a public, you know, not not that's not necessarily you know, how to be vulnerable either, but we can talk yeah. more about that. Yeah. But that's what I ju just what I did. Um, and I think that that was part of me, probably the first step I took along the road of becoming vulnerable mm. and allowing myself to just chill the fuck out, give myself a break, tell people when I was struggling. And then that allowed myself to relax, drop my shoulders, sit with myself, meditate, understand mindfulness etc 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 I resonated when you said drop my shoulders I think I physically did that there because I think that is such a good visual for what vulnerability is now that's not to say that it's easy but there is a sense of I can take off this cape or mask or whatever it is that I'm using to keep myself in vulnerable dropping the shoulders is such a lovely visual for vulnerability I'm curious to know if I'm, if I'm okay to ask you a question. When yeah. your therapist said to you, or even broached it with you, the idea of allowing yourself to be vulnerable, I'd love to know what your initial thoughts were. Like, what did that mean to you then versus what it means to you now? Well, I didn't understand what he meant. Yeah. Like, I actually didn't know what that, that, I, that you know... The concept of, I didn't really, I mean, I, I joke about the fact that I, I I thought being vulnerable meant, you know, cycling without a helmet or yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, pl playing hurling without a helmet, you know, that's, a bit, you know, you're leaving yourself vulnerable there. Uh, yeah. people, people used to say like, you know, if you're, uh, if you're not marking your, if you're not marking your man tightly enough, you're leaving yourself vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and that's why I ask. That's why I ask, because I wonder when we talk about this, do people really know what we're, what we're talking about or are we all talking about something different that's why I was curious to ask you that yeah I didn't and it, it took me a while uh before and I think it took me a few sessions with him kind of coming back to it and then re-explaining it and then yeah I was like all right so so it's okay for me to say to my wife look at uh I'm I was the type of guy who uh and this isn't and this is not a helpful for any man listening to this or a woman, it's not helpful to be telling your partner and your, your whoever that everything is great and everything everything is grand was was my mm. you know everything's grand. Mm. Don't fucking don't you know 
it's grand. It's, it'll be grand. Everything's grand. You know, that was my uh, my way of dealing with it. Um, it's such, mm. a ter- such a terrible word, really. I'm supposed you- to acknowledge anything other than grand. Yeah, it's such, it's what such a... gates wide that open? Well, because, you, you, mm. you know, there's it's wrapped up in that whole thing of, you know, man up. You, it's your job. And, I, and I'm only talking about me as and this is probably you know, we could go get into patriarchy and all that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm only talking about me and the way I was brought up and the information I was given yeah. that you do your, you go to work, you try and earn some money and you don't really, you know, you don't, I, I didn't have access to my emotions and feelings really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so just to say to somebody, as you know, as I said, just to fucking drop the guard, drop the shoulders and say, look, mm-hmm. this is, I'm having a hard day today. I'm just this, I'm struggling with this. Can mm-hmm. I have some help? um that that's that's kind of you know initially that's kind of what i started to understand it meant what would you say to people i mean it's a difficult it's a hard question for me to ask you and that's your speciality mm. is it a difficult question for you to answer like what how would you um, describe vulnerability it is and it isn't there is a definition a scientific definition that we have and that comes from qualitative research so I suppose what's interesting about that definition is that it comes from people's lived experience. Um, And that definition, I actually think is a great starting point because it grounds you um, and you start to realize that we all might have different understandings of it. But but what that definition is, is the feeling, the emotion that we feel in times of risk, uncertainty and emotional exposure. So it's an emotion, the emotion that we feel in times of risk, uncertainty and emotional exposure. So that's the definition that we have from science. And how do we all perceive that might be something else. I I suppose I tend to think of it as that soft, tender, delicate part of ourselves that we try to hide or we try to protect that really soft spot that tender spot that we all have um so yeah that feeling it's a feeling and i think i think that's maybe a misconception i think there's a lot of discussion around this subject in the public domain and i think very often it gets equated with vulnerability equals disclosure or vulnerability equals sharing and that to do those things may feel vulnerable, but vulnerability is the feeling first and foremost. And then embracing it or not <laughs> is a separate thing. So, yeah, I, I find it really helpful in a conversation about it to actually go back and say, well, well, what is it? You know, and that definition is just such a grounding thing for me. It's also really interesting to look at, you know, you mentioned there as a team, like, oh, we've left ourselves vulnerable there. Like the, the etymology of the word vulnerable. So the, the, the Latin root of it means to wound. I think that's really interesting to wound as a verb, but I think that gives us an indication about what it is. Like, obviously if we have a wound um, and that might look very, very different for different people, um, for one person, it might be trauma. For someone else, it might be uh, discomfort. For someone else, it might be a painful experience. So we all might have a different 
understanding of that word wound. But naturally, when we have that a wound, we try to protect it. So I think I love looking at that. Definitely my nerdy side there. But I love looking at the history of words because I, I just think you get a different insight like to wound. Um, and when you think about it, as you said, like from a team context, it's that place that leaves you open to attack. Mm-hmm. So naturally, to allow ourselves to feel that risk, uncertainty, emotional exposure. It's allowing, say, for instance, I'll use, the, I'll use my relationship with my wife. It's, a, it's mm. saying, you know, saying to somebody, I'm not... I'm not sure about the future of my job. Yeah. Right? Now you're vulnerable. You've left yourself open. All sorts of bad things could happen. She could decide, well, fuck this. You're not able to handle the, the pressure. I'm off. I'm going to find mm. myself a man who can earn money and can, and can <laughs> deal with this shit better than you can, right? That's, mm. you know, mm. I mean, that's, mm. that's me. That's mm. in my head. Mm. Um, so immediately you're leaving yourself vulnerable by being honest Mm. and this is key Mm. be honest leave yourself vulnerable and allow the other person and then it allows the other person to react whatever Mm. way and give them the opportunity to prove you're wrong yeah yeah and give them the opportunity to react whatever way they think they need like it's almost like what i was doing was making sure that not only con- did I control my emotions, but I somehow controlled other people's reaction to me as well, you know, by, by wearing the mask, by- You tried to, yeah. I tried, that was kind of like, well, if you don't know this, then you, you're not gonna do that, are you? If you think I'm this, then you're, you know. You were almost doing this internal domino effect and trying to control that. This is all the stuff that, you know, I realize now, so, it's exactly what you say. It's like, allow yourself to be that mm. wounded man, person, and then let the other person deal with that. Mm. Yeah. There's a few thoughts that I have there as the conversation opens up. First of all, the word control, like that's at the crux of vulnerability. Vulnerability is the feeling that you feel when you cannot control the outcome. Yeah. Like that's the bottom line in the definition of this. So I'm so glad you brought that up because that is central to everything. The second reflection that I have there based on your example and, and, and what you said is it's subjective. So what you may perceive or what may make you feel vulnerable, the situation in which you feel vulnerable could be completely different for you, for me, for anyone who may stumble upon this conversation. So for one person, it might be saying to their wife, I've lost my job. For someone else, it may be um, telling a loved one that they're sick. For someone else, it may be, um, I spoke recently, I said, you know, saying I love you first, like you have to be vulnerable because the person might not say it back. Um, it may, in a team context, like at work, it might be sharing an idea that might be a little bit out there. Um, but 
you don't know what the reaction you can't control you've no idea how your idea will be received so I think it's really important uh not to set the record straight but to also communicate the message that vulnerability is not all about trauma and wounds but it's on a spectrum like anything in life so there'll be severe vulnerability that may feel painful but there'll be maybe more mild vulnerability that may feel like oh discomfort you know I, I make that, that noise like, oh this is um saying no like saying no mm-hmm. can be so that boundary of saying no can be hugely vulnerable if you're if you're a people pleaser and you have developed a pattern of saying yes to everything whatever it might be even if it's um minding a family member's children or you know just to to show that there are so many different situations in which you can feel vulnerable um and it may be something really deep and profound but it may not be either yeah definitely like like definitely it comes down to you know trying to control everything um and i think that's you know that's that for me is you, you cannot control the outcome um you know admitting that to yourself and just you know just sitting with that fact you cannot control the outcome um you can control some things for a certain amount of time but ultimately uh it's that i mean if i talk about probably what was my my reason for you know having to go to therapy or the things the not not my real but the thing I mostly sort of had to untangle was probably all coming from a need to try and control mm-hmm. like like say for instance I've just started a new job and and there's still I'm still I'm still figuring out working I mean this this is uh, working as a person who has you know, sort of gone through therapy and is looking at things differently and is seeing mm-hmm you know, dealing with people differently. And, and, you know, I'll have an occasion where I'll be in a meeting and I'll say something and I'll be just completely in the moment, just like, oh, blah, 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 this is how I feel, you know, with things I'm excited and, you know, and allowing myself to be excited and, and mm. you know, whereas I wouldn't have been fo- before because it would have been very controlled and I'd be like, well, what does this person want me to say here? You know, that's... You're almost trying to calculate the outcome and do the, the, the mental arithmetic of how this will play out. Control myself to be the person that I think they want me to be in this situation, to give the answer that I think they want me to give, to come mm. up with the idea that I think they want. They want. I'm, I'm trying mm. to look at them and say, what do I do that do they want mm. me rather than what do I think is a good idea? So now I'm in, in places where I'm having a meeting and I'll say a thing, I'll blurt them out. And then I have this like, oh, like this almost like how vulnerability you feel, hangover how you feel like after a hangover like the fear i'm like oh, vulnerability geez. hangover absolutely it's vulnerability hangover is that a That's thing it? yeah oh man and i'm like keith <laughs> leave it like you, you reacted in the moment you know well done to your, you know i have to talk to myself a lot these days you did well uh you were as honest as you could be and yeah. i like I, I, that's very interesting vulnerability hangover yeah yeah <laughs> it's a real thing um even just to like in the interest of vulnerability we're sharing here like you said there I, I I could almost go up into my head and okay well what does he want me to say and how could I frame what I want to say to I could say the exact same thing here you know we've spoken before about 
uh, doing a podcast or something like that for me feels vulnerable. And I could approach this conversation almost saying, you know, mapping out exactly how this conversation would go and the perfect questions that I would love to be asked. And, um, or I can just lean in and just that kind of leap of faith. Um, so what you say there totally resonated with me. It's, I think vulnerability is really the absence of control. Mm. Like if, if, if we come back to that definition of risk, uncertainty and emotional exposure, the feeling that we feel in those circumstances, like it's emotionally exposing to not know how something is going to go, to not know how it's going to be perceived, to not know maybe the repercussions of that. Um, but I suppose there's a certain leap of faith with that. If it, and if you're not uncomfortable with it, is it vulnerability at all? You know, I think maybe, maybe we also overuse the word. Yeah, but it's, it, it's, mm. it's, um, you know, that is then allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and knowing that it's okay. Um, to put yourself in situations where you feel uncomfortable. Um, mm. Like even, even this, this conversation, there's not like, I'm not like going, okay, what's my next question? Yeah. What's, where, yeah. where are we going with this? You know, we're teasing it out. There's, there's, there was a mm. gap there before I finished my last thought, you know? Mm. Uh, and that meant that for me, and this all comes back to me learning how to talk mm. to people, not talk at people, not present things, not, you know, uh, just make a joke when I feel uncomfortable, not fill the silence. Mm. And that all comes back to allowing yourself to, uh, you know, to, for it to be uncomfortable. Um, yeah. For, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. this is a very, like, this is, I mean, you know, podcasting or, I don't know, <laughs> look, it probably sounds like, a bit of wank but like you know in this in this <laughs> sorry for my language but it's uh but this is um i listen to i like listen to tommy tiernan mm. and he does a podcast and he does one with, with hector but he does another one just himself i think he does it every day and it's just he just he just picks a subject and he just talks on it mm. for like half an hour mm. and he doesn't he has a, i suppose he has a sort of mapped out but it's it's interesting to listen to that and I get the awkwardness of it and I get the I can mm. see why what, that he's trying to he's trying to formulate thoughts for himself really and I mean he's, he's making mm. a podcast out of it um but all these things if you can it's like I was trying I was saying at the start like it's all these things it's it's allowing yourself to be vulnerable it's letting go of control and exploring the possibilities because if you control everything there's the, the possibilities are limited yeah you know what can happen where life can take you who the people around you can be who uh, like mm -hmm. within a relationship how can yeah. your partner grow you don't know because you're mm -hmm. not allowing that you're you're trying to control everything you know yeah Absolutely. I think it can apply to any context. Like you mentioned space and you mentioned silence. And I think those are two very vulnerable things. You know, I, I don't know. I think we're all conditioned to feel silence. Um, is it an Irish thing? Is it a human thing? Um, 
I don't know, I remember our, our coaching training and having to sit opposite a client for five minutes in absolute silence. Challenging to sit opposite a client, another exercise um, while they spoke for five minutes nonstop and you couldn't say anything. Um, and there might be a silence. But what we very quickly learned, and it's like a pillar of coaching psychology, is that silence is golden. And if you're filling it as the coach or the facilitator, you're potentially robbing the other person of their own inspiration or you're robbing them of the space to let something simmer and to let something come up their own answer um so silence yeah hugely vulnerable can be really uncomfortable actually tommy tune you know when you watch his saturday night show mm. um i don't think it's an exaggeration to say he is a master of silence and is it uncomfortable for him to sit in that silence and wait for someone wait for the other person to reply i don't know i can't answer that but whether it is or it isn't he embraces it I think that's really interesting. And then you see the result of that when you, the other person has had some time and space to, to think. And so you, there's the fruits of that vulnerability, if that makes sense. Totally, yeah. And like I had a conversation with someone today and we were talking about uh, meeting you know, clients or you know, having those meetings with people and trying to get the information from them and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you might be doing some work for them. You might need some information about, you know, you might want to know what they think of their product or any, and, and he was saying to, to, to go into a meeting and to allow them to give an answer to a question and then wait and then see if they, as people often do, kind of look up, look away wistfully and then actually go, actually, you know what? And then give you a totally different answer. And he was saying, that's, that's where the gold is because they've mm. had time to reflect on their, on what they're, they've had time to think about what they're saying without being, without anyone jumping in and going, Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Let's do that. Mm. Let them answer, sit yeah. back and wait, which is awkward. <laughs> and isn't it interesting how this transcends any context? So there you have it in a sales context. I have it with coaching clients where, I might ask them a question and I might just let the silence linger. And then they might say, do you know what I could do? Do you know what might work for me? And they come up with their own plan. But equally parents, I'm not a parent, so I don't think it would be fair of me to <laughs> present anything here as expert. But I do think there's a lot of space for parents to give, to let their child answer rather than filling the silence for them. Um, teachers, uh, relationships so then we start to see okay well this vulnerable this vulnerability this what in the shape of vulnerable silence or whatever it might be is actually everywhere mm. and you're right about children because i i realize now that i'm constantly jumping in constantly answering the question that i've just asked them uh you know, trying to fix things with suggestions and 
like the work I'm trying to do as a father then is just to try and sit and talk and and not fill the silence and not have the answers and and I'm slowly but surely mm. noticing that I'm allowing things to be said that might not have been said before where somebody might say something you don't reply you just leave it open and then they might just add on to that next thing you know you're you're having a proper conversation it's mm. it's, it's fascinating mm. it is I think it's it's also um I don't know if respect is the right word but this kind of a respect for the other person as an equal in their ability to come up with what's necessary like a key tenant of in coaching is like the number one principle I think that you come across is the client is resourceful but take out the word client and put the child or replace it with any any context that person is resourceful and will have their own answers their own thoughts their own opinions their their own pain their own flavor to bring to the conversation and if we uh deny that person that what are we missing out on I think that's a really interesting concept. Mm. And 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 if we do that, for what? To keep ourselves invulnerable, to to avoid discomfort. It, yeah, to, to and it's a lot less it's I, I I feel now that's a lot less enjoyable, uh fruitful thing to be person to be like yes come on i've got the answers i will fix this come on you just do x y and z blah 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 blah. i've got it all under control that's a Mm. lot less that's a lot more abrasive and annoying than Mm. Mm. well you know what i don't have the answers either but let's just sit here and Mm. just Mm. mull it over which is much nicer Mm. for everybody it is why is it that we that we don't do that that i think would you say it's fair to say that the default is invulnerability that a bold statement no but i think that's i think that maybe now we should you should try and i think it's important to understand to understand i maybe we've covered i don't know but i feel like invulnerability describe invulnerability and maybe we have in a a roundabout way but just Mm. even to to sort of, you know, uh, drill down into that, that mm. word. Mm. Um, I, know, I know we've kind of covered it already, but even that word invulnerability, what does that mean? Mm. And it's, it's clearly the opposite. It is, yeah. Um, it's in, in it, the essence of invulnerability is vulnerability avoidance. Yeah, so to, to, to state the obvious. Um, what does that look like? Can look different. So it could be wearing a mask, presenting yourself inauthentically. It could be wearing a suit of armor. Um, essentially, invulnerability is a self-protection mechanism. And you might think, well, protecting yourself—that's a good thing, but not necessarily. Um, I wrote about this when we when we. Um, when you made your Instagram video and, and I, I wrote the piece about that um, and one of the points that you had made in your video about blocking out emotions, um, the thing about invulnerability, you're protecting yourself from this thing, from this discomfort, from this pain, 
from being vulnerable, from being exposed, from this feeling of emotional nakedness. But blocking that blocks everything else. And this is like this is a, a widely known um, philosophy, for want of a better word, uh, of of vulnerability and invulnerability. But you can't selectively numb or block emotions. So you can't say, I don't want to feel pain, shame, um, the discomfort and all of those quote unquote negative. And I'm, I'll come back to that in a second. Um, I don't want to feel those emotions and I'm okay with feeling these nice ones over here. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. If you, if you numb these, you numb those too. And I said, quote unquote, negative, because, of course, there are no there's no such thing as a positive or a negative emotion. They just are. They're giving you information. They're telling you something about your state, your environment, um, something you may need to change, whatever it is, their feedback. But you can't you can't selectively numb. So. Invulnerability, what is it? It's avoidance. It's, it's vulnerability avoidance. It's. It can be resistance. It can be lots of things. It can take so many different shapes. And then going back to your question, is the default uh, setting in vulnerability? And I think it is. And, and, and you know, there's, there's probably practical reasons for that. And, you know, if I come away from that meeting and I've got a, a, vulner, a vulnerability <laughs> hangover, <laughs> you know, that's probably my, my inner you know, me trying to protect myself, going, you can't fucking do that. Don't do that the next time because you've left yourself open, wide open there for mm. ridicule. Like they're probably laughing at you now, you know, after that meeting. That They've probably, you know, got together after that meeting separately from you somehow. <laughs> and they're probably all laughing at you and what you said in that meeting. So next time, maybe don't say that because mm. so next time the meeting comes around, you don't say that and you don't share your enthusiasm or your exuberance or your whatever it is, because, well, last time I did that, I had that feeling. And now, now there's probably practical reasons for doing that. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and it's all to do with fight or flight or protection as you grow older and mm -hmm. bad things can happen and don't run out across the road. And mm. do you know what I mean? So yeah, it is, it is, yeah. a, it does have practical, but it, it's just when it spills out and becomes, it's yeah. Sort of, yeah like that's your as you said like fight or flight you're there's a number of reasons why we keep ourselves invulnerable this is my first area of curiosity um in a piece of research a few years back and i wanted to know from particularly from leaders that i was working with why are some of them so willing to go there and embrace it and say yeah i'm going to be this type of leader who brings vulnerability and builds cultures of vulnerability and then others were like no 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 I was like what is going on here like what's the mechanism what helps people and what hinders that was my primary question and so you're absolutely right fight or flight is one of them there's a, there's a few reasons why we try to keep ourselves invulnerable or why we deny vulnerability or we don't embrace it number one pain avoidance I use pain loosely it can be discomfort you're kind of on a spectrum um pain avoidance like that's your brain's job that's your brain doing its job my job I'm your brain my job is to keep you safe um, and so I'm going to detect any threat and an outcome that's not controllable that's a threat to me even if it's an emotional threat um, 
because that's uncomfortable. And my job is to keep you comfortable. That's my brain talking. Um, so you're absolutely right. That, that's one reason that we avoid it. The second reason, and actually it was the dominant thing that came out of that particular piece of research was external factors. So we keep ourselves invulnerable based on looking outside of ourselves and perceiving potential manipulation, potential uh, rejection, basically all of, of, of external context that may come into play. Um, I, I won't go too <laughs> kind of sciencey on it, but I was really interested to, to see is the opposite of what I thought would come out that our internal factors, our external factors, excuse me, dominate our internal factors when it comes to our willingness to be vulnerable. So I thought if someone has low levels of self-efficacy or high levels of imposter syndrome, I was sure that that would dictate whether or not they would be vulnerable, this internal thing going on here. But the data didn't show that. Um, and I was saying, what's going on here? Like, why is that not showing up in this data set? And luckily we had another data set, a qualitative one. And um, when we asked people, what stops you from being vulnerable? The answers were all to do with factors outside of themselves. What will people think of me? What if someone uses my vulnerability against me? What if I'm rejected because of being vulnerable? That could be in a, in a husband-wife situation, partner situation, uh, work situation, etc. So I think that was a really interesting finding, not what, not what I expected at all. Um, but there's definitely learning in that for what we, what we do with that information as, as families, as businesses, as friends. Are we fostering the conditions in, in which we can all be vulnerable together? I think that's an interesting concept. And I think in my case, what I've, I mean, I, I still, like, I'll, I'll, I hope I'll always go and see my therapist and it'll always be part of my life. And I st mm. I'm still doing work and I'm still learning and I'm still trying to figure stuff out and it's still all I mean I you know I started all this kind of I suppose about a year and a half ago maybe but it's still all very new and mm. and raw and, and roller coastery sometimes uh, uh mm. but but you know mm. but I'm getting I'm getting better at being okay with it and that's you know I much prefer this roller coaster than uh than the roller coaster that I um that I had before that but like what it seems to me was I grew up in a in a in a, a house where I needed to uh I, you know it was either people please or protect myself or protect my emotions or whatever it was in my upbringing yeah. it was a volatile situation um so I suppose my uh my radar for danger was probably a little bit more yeah. finely tuned mm -hmm. and and not more than anyone else. I mean, there's other yeah. people who, who grew mm -hmm. up in much more dangerous situations than I did. Mm. Um, but this, but, but, but my situation is probably a very common situation mm -hmm. in that there's probably lots of people who could relate to, you know, a domestic situation that where there's danger, you know, mm -hmm. 
and how that can and this is and I'm just saying this because this could be something that someone Absolutely. listening mightn't have thought about and you think well this is why yeah. your radar is up you're mm-hmm. no one's gonna fucking hurt you mm. and, that, and that's when the, the mask goes on that's when the 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 yeah. the, the shield goes up the wall mm. goes up. I can remember saying I studied acting for two years. And I remember an acting teacher saying to me, you've got to, there's a wall there. There's a wall. Let and, it down. You know, I didn't know she didn't have the facilities to sort of, you know, help me. Yeah. She just said it and I didn't know what to do. I, like, yeah, I actually think you're right, but I don't know what to do about it. So yeah, I just ignored it for another few years. But, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, going back to, you know, there's practical reasons why we avoid vulnerability. There's, other reasons then to do with our upbringing uh, yeah. and also traumas passed on from one generation yeah, to absolutely. another generation all that kind of stuff so th- so there's that's key it's so subjective like it's not a one-size-fits-all like vulnerability will look and feel different for for everybody it will um manifest in different situations um it will f- there's a spectrum of it so um, I can feel vulnerable in this situation and that situation and the vulnerability might feel different. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like if we're, if the threat detectors are on and we're looking at our environment, that's because we're receiving messages from our environment all the time. You, a, a while ago, you mentioned messaging like man up, you know, like there's so many messages that we receive all the time from our upbringing but like from our media from everywhere you know we have this social conditioning to be a certain way but also like what's modeled to us you know um we learn um how to behave and how to survive so yeah and and i think and, and obviously it it, it always then comes down to comes back to like one of the things you said was like saying I love you first or mm. you know that's a very simple sort of uh, it's a simple example yeah but I think it's simple. relatable yeah very relatable but because it, yeah. it kind of comes down to honesty I mean look you know don't go around telling everybody you love them you know that's maybe don't love everybody so you know but mm. um, it has to be boundaries like it has to be boundaries yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you yeah. know that's a that's a given yeah. Um, but it all comes back to honesty as well. Mm. Mm. Really, I think mm. for me, it came. It all came down to honesty, and you know, even things like you might want. It's like I, when I did that video on Instagram, and I, mm. a young guy contacted me privately, he messaged me, and he said, "I'm, I just watched your video." I'm about to I marry my fiance. Mm. We've been going together for four years or five years. We're about to get married in six months. And I have this big thing that I've never told her. Something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And he decided from watching the video that he was going to sit down and tell her yeah. what this thing that he was holding on to. Right, mm. because we all have these things that we're holding on to. Yeah, and I said to him, "Look, you know, I kind of kept we, we it was a bit of back and forth." And I said, "This is unbelievable. This is the best thing you could do 
And, you know, I kind of, I backed it up to them. And I said, look, here's a number if you need support, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, because, you know, these things can be difficult. But I could see in him, like, I, I, I totally understand why he didn't want to tell this, you know, at the start of a relationship, this new girlfriend, he loves her. Mm-hmm, he just wants mm-hmm. to show his best side. He's just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm such a great guy. I'll look after you. Everything will be great. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with me. I'm not damaged in any way. Mm-hmm. Don't even think that. Why would you think I'm damaged? You yeah. know, and, and, and there's that, you know, the honeymoon period. And then it goes on into a year and then two years and then three years. And you've yeah. never, you've let never... me keep myself invulnerable because I'm looking outside and this might, I might get rejected here. Yeah. And, and it was just, for me, it was the greatest thing because so many of us set off uh, on uh, into friendships, uh, on into married life, into uh, whatever it is, um, without, and, and I'll talk specifically about married life here. Lots of people set off on the, you know, to get married, they marry somebody and this person doesn't know a big part of this person or you know or both Mm -hmm. or or, you know vice versa and there's always that feeling and there's always that thing between them because if you live with somebody and you love them then Mm -hmm. I guarantee you they'll there's a there's an energy or a thing that they will pick up on that they will know but that they will think somewhere in their body in the back of their mind somewhere they mightn't it mightn't be conscious even Mm -hmm. but they'll feel like there's something wrong here this Mm -hmm. is not does not feel quite right and I was thinking for those two people heading off into married life, mm. him having fully told her exactly who he was yeah, and given her the opportunity to then accept it. And I just thought that is that's a result because that is the greatest thing for those two people to be. It's it's clean slate. It yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, everything about me. I know everything about you. Let's go and see what we can do with the yeah. rest of our lives. Yeah. And that to me sort of in some way encapsulates the whole idea, you know, behind why we, why we should be honest, why we need to tell the truth, you know, why. And, and you know, that was, uh, I, I'll always remember that. Mm. Um, and did and he pro- come back to you, Keith? Did he come back and... Did you know, hear? Look, look, they probably didn't get married. He probably told her, and then she probably. No, look, <laughs> sorry, I, to, sorry, did that move the illusion? I don't even know if he did. I like even now that you said, I feel like he might have come back to me and said they got married and everything's good. It's a while ago, yeah. But uh, yeah. but um, but even just that, and even whatever happened after that, because even even if he does have that conversation with her and she says, "Well, look, I thought you were somebody else," that's yep. still a better outcome. Well, it's real, isn't it? It's a, it's it's authentic. It's authentic. It's real. Whatever happens next, it's he, real. Yes, I mean, look, as long as he doesn't think, you know, afterwards, yeah. I'm never fucking telling anybody that again because that, you know, that was as on that as long as he understands that that mm. was the best thing to do and that and yeah. ultimately she wasn't the right person because you need somebody who can who can love you warts and all, and that's the yeah. And you said there um, about it being difficult. I think that's important as well to, because I know we haven't really acknowledged that. Yeah. Vulnerability is hard, you know, like if it's not, you have to ask yourself if it is vulnerability, like does it fit within that definition? It is by definition vulnerable. It's, it is by definition hard. Um, and 
just because something is right and you know deep down it's the right thing to do that that vulnerability action um it doesn't mean that it's easy and to give another a very simple example i had a situation a few weeks ago and like nothing on that scale but um a colleague and friend who i really respect and admire asked me to do something um in a work context and i i really wasn't comfortable with it and i thought oh god how how can i handle this situation and i knew deep down like what i had to do so i was like okay there's a few options here first of all i can say yes but i knew that wasn't an option because that would be uh betraying myself maybe a bit strong of a word but yeah betraying myself because I knew it wasn't the right thing to do so I knew the answer was no and then do I say no and make up some fake reason I knew that wasn't really me either I knew (laughs) staring me in the face the answer was I had to have a vulnerable conversation like let's be clear that that can come into the definition as well hard conversations are vulnerability in action um so I knew the thing that I had to do was send him a message, say, look, we have a chat about it. I was like, it doesn't get easier just because you happen, this happens to be your area of work or that you talk about it or write about it or whatever it might be. Like, it's just as hard for me to do it now. Um, and I went into that conversation knowing what I had to say, but not knowing how it would be received. So there's that outcome, non-controllable again, um in the end look it was it was grand (laughs) to use the word um but it was I even now like talking about it I feel like I can feel the kind of anxiety rising in my chest talking about it because yeah it was a conversation I really like I was I felt so awkward and uncomfortable having that conversation it was right doesn't mean it was easy I think that's a distinction um that's important to make and, and and like and I've mentioned you know a job I started and that can be a, a strange place but you know already I've had you know I've sort of had to pick up the phone and 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 when I say I have awkward conversations it's like me because I'm new to the job I don't know what what I'm doing I'm, I'm absolutely literally vulnerable yeah absolutely I'm, and I'm and I'm picking up the phone and ha- asking somebody a question that in my heart, I'm going, this is a stupid question. This is a stupid question. Don't ask that question, which I mightn't have asked before. I would have just gone along and just, you know, pretended I knew the answer to that question. But, mm. but you know, uh, it's, it's certainly helped me to be more honest and to, 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 yeah, it's awkward. Yes, you have the vulnerability hangover afterwards. Uh, yeah, your body is telling you, don't ever do that again. And don't ask a silly question. And, you know, people often say there's no such thing as a silly question. We, we, we all know deep down inside. I'm just staring you in the face looking at you like it's a stupid question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, what time is lunch? That would be, uh, <laughs> that's a stupid question. Um, but, you know, even as much as people reassure us and, and tell us there's no such thing as a stupid question. Uh, yeah, we, we just, um, yeah, it's difficult. Mm, it's difficult mm. but I think that the point getting back to the point of everything like it was you know it was the one thing that Luke said to me and then it was, then you know when I did the video and then I saw your article and I was like okay 
Mm. There's something, and as time went on, I kept coming back to this, mm. you know, uh, this word. And yeah, the whole point being that for anybody feeling, uh, I, I watched that. Sorry, just to sort of, mm-hmm. I watched uh, Brené Brown. Is that mm-hmm. the lady's mm-hmm. name? Brené Brown. Yeah. The writer. I watched one of her. She, she has a thing on Netflix. Mm. Can't remember yeah. the name of it now. I'll put it uh, into the. Yeah. I'll put it into the to the the podcast notes at the end or as part of the outro. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it either. She's a couple of really good TED talks as well. And of course her books, she's just the authority in the space. Um, and I can't even remember where I was going with that, but. Um, you watched her, t- her Netflix. Yeah. But she said something, which I can't remember what I was, what I was saying. <laughs> something brilliant. Watch it. Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> she, everything she said was brilliant. Um, yeah. But the whole, th- the whole thing about, uh, my point being that just that word just opened everything up, mm. Uh, mm. allowing myself to be honest, allowing myself to be vulnerable, allowing myself mm. to be in situations where I feel uncomfortable. And obviously, there's we've we've said that right. There's bound, you know. There's I mean, obviously, don't put mm. yourself in danger. Um, of course, you have to like that. This is something that she says actually. Um, one of the quotes from her research is vulnerability minus boundaries is not vulnerability that's exactly what (laughs) she says vulnerability minus boundaries is not vulnerability it's manipulation or uh, coercion or something else but it's not vulnerability so the idea of like spilling your heart and telling everyone everything and she actually yeah, yeah she actually she actually used the example of you know, if you're going through a messy divorce and there's children involved and you decide to make a video and put it out on Facebook yeah. and other, you know, you're done, you're, you know, you're just, yeah. there's, there's collateral damage there, you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's not vulnerability basically, you know, so there's, yeah, the idea that you share and she talks about this, you share with people who have earned the right to hear your story not everyone, I think Glennon Doyle as well, who's another amazing writer in kind of in a similar space, not necessarily vulnerability, but certainly it's a key theme. Um, she talks about, about that as well, the idea that not everybody gets access to you. Not everybody should have access to your story, you know, this, this type of language, but that's a really, really important point. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's important to say that as well, but but ultimately, then if it's if it's handled correctly, if it's managed properly, if you know, um, if you're in control of it, <laughs> not, not too much control. <laughs> if you, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a tricky one. It's a messy. It's a it's a messy thing, but that's life. It's hard to untangle these things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the re- the rewards for me. Mm. And I'm still like, I still have days where I can't do my 10, 15 minute meditation where I come away from sitting down with myself for 15, 20 minutes. And I'm just like either trying too hard or I just, you know, I still have, I'm still working, still a work in progress, but, Mm. um, you know, it is possible for me to now read a few chapters of a book. It is possible for me to Mm-hmm. focus on a task it is possible for me to meditate it is possible mm-hmm. for me to go for a walk without headphones you know and 
Mm, those um, are small little things that you may not think or people may not equate with vulnerability, but can be hugely vulnerable. To be and to be mindful, which is basically just mm. awareness. Uh, mm. And, you know, that's just, I think, the and, and the reason I wanted to talk to you about this, and I think there's more in this, and uh, and I'm sure we will do more on it. Mm. I think um, people can be very hard on themselves. Mm. Why can't mm. I? Mindfulness is good for me. I should be fucking more mindful. Mm. I should be doing meditation. I should be able to do yoga. Mm. I should be able to go for a walk without help. I should be I should be mm. able to get up at half five in the morning and go for a cold water swim in the, in the winter before even, and then do my <laughs> then do my journaling, and then go to work at eight, and then you know and be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, don't beat yourself up, and also it took me a long time to get to the point where I could sit with myself for ten or fifteen minutes, mm. and I still work hard at it, but. The point is that it was that thing, that word vulnerability, that allowed me to even explore all of that stuff. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm, and this is just, I mean, I, I wanted to get you on because you're the you're you're the expert and expert, <laughs> um, because better than me just having a kind of a rant about, <laughs> hey, this is great, guys. Um, mm. That that you know, ultimately, that would be my feeling on. On the whole thing and that's and, and that that's what i needed to do you know and but it but that difficult thing of allowing myself to be vulnerable it's i'm really reaping the rewards yeah yeah and there's there's a lot to support for i mean if if two people having a conversation about it and telling their own experience of it doesn't convince you like there's lots of research that will tell you there's so many benefits to vulnerability like greater connection it's a trust builder so like from a relationship point of view but also with yourself you know like if being vulnerable with others is something on on your mind i think it's worth considering how you might be vulnerable with yourself as well um you can only take others as far as you've gone yourself that idea um and vulnerability with self, I think, is not discussed as commonly as vulnerability with others. Um, and you can be vulnerable with yourself. Like, you can feel vulnerable with your own emotions. You can feel vulnerable with something from your past that you don't want to look at. Um, and honoring that. Um, do you know that book, The Choice? By, it came out a few years ago, Dr. Edith Eager. She's a, um, an Auschwitz survivor. Oh, I have, yeah, I have the gift here. That's her second, well, that's yeah. the recent one, yeah. She has another one called The Choice. I haven't read that one, actually. And The Choice, there's a quote that stopped me in my tracks and I can, it's on the top of my head because I just thought it was amazing. She says, to heal is to cherish the wound. So I think maybe I should let that linger longer because that is actually the full quote is the only antidote to brokenness is the whole self to heal is to cherish the wound. That, that quote stopped me in my tracks because I think 
in order to embrace vulnerability, there's an acknowledgement of the parts of yourself that you want to keep invulnerable. Sorry, I don't even know where I was going with that point, no. but I just but, thought that was such a beautiful quote. And I think that's also the essence of what it means to embrace vulnerability. And, and, and you're, you're, you circle back to the, the idea of the wound as well. Um, and I should say that I feel like there's a caveat here, mm. sort of. Find people. Mm -hmm. I have managed, mm -hmm. I've started to find people I can be vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. I know people I can't be vulnerable with or I don't want to be vulnerable yes. with. Boundaries. I, mm -hmm. I also know how much, <laughs> how vulnerable, how many hours a day I need to be vulnerable with my wife, you know. <laughs> like, it's like sex, just, you know, you can't do it every day, you know, when you get to a certain point. But, but, under, but understanding how much she has her own shit to do with, she has her own life to live, she has, you know, we have children we need to bring mm -hmm. up, we have a house we need to put together. I mm. still have responsibilities with regard to getting a job and earning mm. money. And I can't lie down on the ground and say, I am being vulnerable. I don't <laughs> like working. Uh, it does help you with your work and it does help you embrace the fact that you, that it, you don't, you don't resent things like working or you don't resent, you don't blame other people for the amount of hours you have mm. to work. You don't, you know, there's lots of things, ways in it, that it helps you that it, doesn't mean that you're sitting down crying with your other half all the time you, you know it's it's a kind of a you know it's 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 a process and you have to and we've we've spoken about this like there's boundaries mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. need to un my wife does not need to be listening to how I'm feeling every minute of the day you know mm -hmm. I don't need to give her you know and I and she will tell me to shut up yeah, and there are there's there's a couple of questions like from from research on this that you can ask yourself before you be vulnerable. What are my expectations here? What is my intention here? And is this TMI? Like, we I, I think we definitely live in a society that promotes vulnerability, which is which is great. Um, but just because you can be vulnerable doesn't mean you should always be vulnerable. Just because we promote it and we encourage people to consider it doesn't mean it's always the right thing we still live in a world where there's contexts and it, it may not be appropriate it may be tmi too much information um you may have an intention that's it, it may not be the right intention going into this act of vulnerability the expectations might be um off as well so you can ask yourself those things before being vulnerable and also, you know, um, do I feel safe to be vulnerable? Do I trust the person that I'm being vulnerable with? Um, how can I respect my own boundaries here? Uh, but yeah, you mentioned the caveats earlier. I think it's important as well. Like you reached out and sought um, professional help in the form of therapy. And uh, I think that's important as well. People don't have to do this stuff alone. And maybe the people that you love most are the people that you don't do this or you don't. Um, I think we've spoken about this before, Keith, have we? The idea that you, they may, may be the people that you need to talk about, not to, you know? Exactly. Um, 
So yeah, reach out if you need support, I think is an important one as well, because vulnerability work can be can be hard, but but as you said earlier, fruitful and rewarding and letting the shoulders drop. Drop the shoulders, drop the guard. And I, and I tell you, like for uh, Suzanne, my wife, like I'd imagine it was a roller coaster for her as I was <laughs> as I was discovering myself. Um, you know, because she's like, who, who, who is this guy? You know, mm. that like, and I, and she would literally tell me to shut the fuck up because <laughs> I've just, okay, you've been talking too much now. Okay. We're just going to watch a movie. Just, can you just, can we have a little bit of quiet, you know? So whereas before uh, that, I mean, it's, mm. it, there's a, there's a huge difference in, in, in who I am and how we relate to each other and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and lots has changed and that's, that's the other little thing then maybe before we wrap it up that don't, mm. if you're changing, you need to give the other person time and space. And this is just me talking. I'm not the, yeah. a therapist, mm-hmm. uh, but this is what I was told. You need to give the other person time and space to catch up. Yeah. Or if they don't want to catch up to just, they are quite entitled to stay where they are and do whatever they're doing. Mm. You know, that is not like you cannot expect to come home, mm. you know, a changed person and expect the other person just to, well, things are different now. Let's let's be like this now. So you, yeah. you, have, to, you have to understand that it's, it'll take the other people in your lifetime to come around as well and give them the time because it you know, can mm. be worth it. You know, maybe they won't ever come around, but give them the time, you know. Absolutely. Like if you're the driver of this bus on this windy road, the people in the back are experiencing it in a different way. And sometimes at the back of the bus, it can be um, rockier, shakier. So I think it's a a really important point. So I don't think, I think we've covered everything. Maybe we've definitely drilled. We probably stay talking for hours. It's been a long (laughs) chat. Um, So thank you very much, Jan, for chatting to me. And uh, pleasure. I, th- I just wanted to, um, I mean, I have spoken about it before, but I wanted to really like explain to people what that word means and what, what it could mean to them and what it's meant to me. And and mm. obviously you, that being your, your field of expertise, I appreciate you talking to me about it. It's a pleasure. Thanks a million. Thanks for asking me. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.